Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 99th edition of the PJ Archive. It's the first of several interviews I was fortunate to do with the wonderful English actress and singer Barbara Windsor, whose memorable roles on stage and screen, particularly in the Carry On films and the BBC TV soap opera EastEnders, made her a national treasure. Barbara was made a dame in 2016, two years after being diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. She died in 2020 at the age of 83. This interview took place in London in 1999, when she was promoting an album entitled You've Got a Friend. Why have you decided to do an album now? Well, I've sung all my life. Right. You know, it's how I made my living, funny enough yeah. to what people think. I'm not the greatest singer, you know what I mean? But I've been in musicals since I was 13. Yeah. But you see, of course, they're not commercial, are they? Unless you're on television. And then, of course, then I, I get known as the carry-on lady because they get shown on television. Anything that you do for television. So I've never really actually sang on television. I mean, I've sang with, with, with bands. I sang with the Ronnie Scott band when I was 17. And, uh, and I sang lots of musicals, and always, when I didn't have any work, I always went to the local pub and got three, mm. three or few, four quid getting up and singing, you know. And, um, and about on my 60th birthday, I just had that one cocktail where I quite liked to sing, and somebody asked me. Then they knew, that they, they, they got the band who, who had the, the, um, the key and everything, You Made Me Love You, and I got up, I sang it pretty good, you know, and... Um, there was the lovely Eric Hall there, no ish ish, Mr. Ish, and he phoned his mate Ray up and he said, uh, you know, I'd forgotten about Barbara. He said, he said that's where she's at. She's, you know, so he said I'd, she she should do something because it's she's news at the moment and all the rest of it, and she enjoys it really much. So anyway, so then that was two years ago, and it would, you know, and it, then it was too late, and then it, not enough time. All those things happen, you know. Anyway. He kept persevering, and then I got up and again, I'd had a few cocktails. I was with Boy George, actually. We, we, we went to the Cafe Royal, and, and I just got up and sang, and, and everyone reacted really positively, so much so that a couple of, you know, press people were in the audience, and they said, oh, you know, we, we didn't realise that's what she did. So then your ego kind of yeah. thinks, well, you know, really, come on, Bar, get yeah. do it. We know you're always going to be busy. You'll always be busy. That's it, and and then you you next thing you know you're sitting down, choosing the numbers, and 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 the numbers are just, I've tried you know that have meant a lot to me over the years, and um, we've just had a terrific time doing that. That's, I've never thought I had a great recording voice, but I've got this fantastic young producer, Peter, Peter Murray, his name is, and uh, he's just wonderful. Who you know he. He, he's musical director to Sarah Brightman and, and, and Joe Longthorne. And then we thought it would be a good idea also to have a couple of my mates singing with me. Your EastEnders oh, mates. God, I'm so lucky. I mean, yeah. Stevie said, I, we just were talking, and, and he said, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to do another. I said, would you really? I wanted to ask you. And he was great because he just said, I gave him a load of songs, like Dream a Little Dream with me and, you know. Things, songs, different songs, and he, he said, well, let me think, go away, and he came back with a song that, he said, I don't know if you know this, it's called You've Got a Friend, you know, Jason, when you're down and worried, and I said, I know ever so well, because last time I sang it was in Newcastle, I was Jack, it was Jack and the Beast song, and I sang it to Daisy the Cow, so I said, I can remember it very well. So now, we knew Mike Reed could sing, uh, but can Steve McFadden sing? Well, it's so horny, I cannot tell you, this guy is so sexy, he came in, he was so 
nervous. I know Steve, he's so... I mean, yes, he does get nervous, but he's so in control with his acting and everything. You know, he's just a fucking wonderful actor. But he came and he insisted that he wanted to do it before we started EastEnders again. He wanted to do it because we, we had a two-week break at Christmas. Because my voice, he said, is stronger than... He hasn't done any yelling and shouting. So there you go. And, and he came in on that Sunday and he was just... He spent hours getting it right, doing it the way... And it was lovely. And then I put my voice to him. And I tell you, you want to hear Stephen, it's just weighing you down and worries. So sexy. Really sexy. Uh, when anyone hears the soap stars doing an album, oh, know, you think, know, oh, know, no, not know, another one. I know, I know, I know. Well, I don't want to be a pop star. I mean, I'm too old to be a pop star. But I don't, it's just, I've been asked, you know, as I say, not only Ray asked me, there were, you know, like, a couple of other recording people asked me. So, so it's not thinking, your fault well, if anyone complains. No, that's it, that's okay. No, no, no. But I think most people think it's going to be my old man said, follow that. There's nothing like that. Great songs. I mean, you know, things like um, You'll Never Know, You'll Never Know Just How Much I Love You. I've got a great orchestra. And I've taken some songs that you only know them a certain way. For instance, there's a great song called Kiss Me Once and Kiss Me Twice and Kiss Me Once Again. We've done a very, this very lush orchestra mm. and, and done it in um, Kiss Me Once and Kiss you know, like that. Right. Very slow. In fact, I played it to a great friend of mine. I said, what is this song? It was only the, the orchestra. And he said, I don't know. I said, that is Kiss Me Once and Kiss Me Once. So we've taken songs mm-hmm. that are, are, you hear a certain way. And lovely songs like um, You're Nobody Till Somebody Loves You. Mm. My, my duet with Mike is uh, The More I See You. Oh, and we've done it very mm. bossa nova with lots at a party. We've done it at a party. We've got all these backing singers chatting, chatting. And it's great. You know, mm. it's great. Last year, your former EastEnders colleague, Martin McCutcheon, played the Albert That's Hall. Right. Would, sure, would you sure, be tempted sure. if you were asked no, to do not, the Albert Hall? not at all. Not at all, darling. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do the Albert Hall, no. I'd get out in a club and sing. Hmm. I'd get out on TV, but I wouldn't want to do the Albert Hall. I thought she was very brave. Hmm. So it might be Barbara Windsor on tour now. No, no, I just want to stay in EastEnders. I love mm. it. But this is wonderful to do. It makes... I get so high, you know. I mean, as I say, I've been all day doing these ridiculous... Not ridiculous, very heavy mastectomy mm-hmm. scenes. And I've come in <laughs> and, you know... No, I, 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 I wouldn't want to do that. I have done... You know, I've done Broadway and I've yeah. done big shows. So I, that's great for me. And I, I love the fact of being in a show rather than just me on my own. Do you know what I mean? Would you like to have done more music throughout your career, though? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to be a white Lena Horn. That was what I wanted to be. I, I was an actor and in musicals, like from 13. But suddenly I went for this audition for Ronnie Scott to take over from Annie Ross, jazz thing, you know, and that Hendrick Lambert and Ross. And I never thought I'd get it, because I didn't know... I just jazz, I just listened to, you know what I mean? I didn't think I'd get it. And I got it. And years later, many years later, I was on the Parky show with uh, Ronnie Scott, and I said, oh, can I ask you something? It's like 30 years. Why did you choose me? He said, well, for two very good reasons. He said, and also you never sang The Ladies a Tramp. I said, is that it? He said, no, he said, there's something about you, you know. You, and uh, I loved all that. Yes, I would have liked to have... I wanted to stay in a band. But I liked acting, and I liked, and I, and I went into cabaret, and I got lots of laughs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I just thought this is good, being funny too. I like this. Now, not that long ago, you were collaborating with the Pet Shop Boys on a movie. I did a movie with the Pet Shop Boys uh, a few years ago. I did that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right well, it won an award in Canada, right. oh. but that was just something I did, which was great. 
I'm a big fan of theirs, huge fans, you know. And, uh, yeah, I've done that, that was great. And what else is on the cards now apart from EastEnders? Well, EastEnders is a 24-hour-a-day job. Because yeah. I'm in the Vic, I'm always involved, and then there's big scenes like my illness, my mastectomy, and my, my marriage to, to, uh, to Frank. I get married to him. I mean, only, only EastEnders could... Yeah, the left tick comes off, and then you walk down the aisle. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit stupid. But no, what I'm saying is, it's just that's and and this because you know it's not just going in the studio. It is the routine, and then going in, and then like being interviewed by yourself and 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 plugging it. I have a month's holiday in March, but I'm not going away. Mike's all Mauritius up here and spaining it up, but I'm going to stay here and, and give as much as I can to the album. I want people... I think there's a generation out there that get left out, and uh, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the saviour of that, do you know what I mean? But what I, yeah, what I mean is, is that, you know, there's people from, like, kind of about 55, 60 onwards that, you know, that don't get entertained, you know. There's a lot of great, great young talent there. It's fantastic, but it's not always what that age group want. What kind of feedback has you, have you had from the mastectomy issue, as it were? Well, it's, um, it's, a, it's a 90% from people who've written, who've read it in the paper, said it was the most brave and amazing thing, because I've had cancer, and, you know, and, and now I'm in... I was supposed to be in remission, you know, and then, of course, it started up with all the stress of the death of... Um, you know, Tiffany, and all that, and then my son going, you know, and then Frank running her down. So that's built up the stress, you know. So there's that storyline. 90% of of the the letters I get, which are flooded in, saying, well done, you know, because when I had it before, they, it kind of put it on the map, breast Mm. cancer, you know. And uh, there's that 10%, though, who don't want me to do it. Right. Why do because you think I'm they don't? Bar, right. You know, and I yeah. was well known for that, mm. and um, and also some people who've had it in their family, you know, and they don't want to switch on to their favourite program and see that. But that's a just about ten percent. Do you think your character was selected because you're well known for that? I as you think put maybe it? so. Yeah, because of the the, the breast, you know, the bosom. Yeah, I mm. think so. They were quite amazed that I went for it, and I said, "Well, I'm an actor, and that's if you think that's the way the character should go, fine." That's now, you've okay, done some I mean. tough things over the years. Was that mm. one of the toughest? This is going to be. This is really tough. It's, um, which is why I think this is good to do this because mm. I'm not allowed to take it home with me. Right. I found when the only other time I took it home with me was the AIDS, the HIV, with mm. Mark when I was very anti, which is very on me. I mean. You know, and I was going in and having to say, you're filth, you're in the sewer, people like you, you know, how much... You know, I was really saying all the things that Barbara hates. Yeah. And uh, and I found I was taking that home with me, getting really miserable. Mm. I don't have a chance to, to get miserable. I mean, I cry all day long. I mean, I cried mm. all day Friday. But then I went in, in, into the... Into the um, studio with Joe Longthorn mm. and saying, oh, you're, you're mm. hot. <laughs> so that was good. You've always been a big hero for the gay community. Did yeah. that give you a hard time? Make it well, a couple, a few did, you know, and a few of my great friends, you know, kind of, who are, who are gays, like, could have almost got into scratchy eye-out fights, you know, saying, she's only acting, you know. And I found what I did do, darling, is I did um, lots of um, kind of... Uh, charities for which I do anyway I mean I, I do you know for, for AIDS and the Terence Higgins Trust you know but I, I did just a few more <laughs> it's not really it's only me it's only Peggy it's what they write I'm only saying what they write so there you go how much do you love Peggy I love her I love her she gets she drives me mad a bit because 
you know, the, those things like the HIV. But that, you know, is, is kind of resolved itself because she's got a disease. I mean, mm. she's got a disease now. So he, she and Mark, Todd Carty, we've bonded, mm. you know. And, um, but uh, I do love her because I tell you what I love about her. I can leave her in the dressing room. Mm. I really do take the wig off and leave it and all those clothes and that, and that, that rather sad makeup. And I just come out and unbar, and that is terrific. That is really, I think it's important, that. But playing somebody over a continual period like you're doing, do you feel like there's two, two people now in your life? Yeah, I do. Well, that's what I say, and it's there, and I just, just walk away from it. Right. But I, I love playing her. I really love playing her. I am very fortunate in that the people I work with, the actual, if you see the people I work with, Rossi, Stevie and Mikey, and Pam, Pam, you know, but mostly the three boys, we are such... Fantastic mates, aren't we? I mean, Ross and I, like, we go to the theatre, we go to dinner, and Stevie, you know, and Mike. It's just one. I've known Mike for 30 odd years. Hello, darling. Yeah. How do you feel about the impending wedding, then? I'm really looking forward to it. It's just that she she really is um, soldiering on. I mean, like, you know, the fact that she's had this really, you know, dramatic operation, and she doesn't know... I mean, they feel that they've... We don't know where it goes. I mean, because you take that off, it doesn't mean so it's not still in the body, you know what I mean? So there you go. So, but I, I, I spoke to the, my governor at EastEnders. I said, don't you think it's a bit much? You know, he said, no, she soldiers on that woman. Because she made the arrangements before she knew she had breast cancer, mm. and she just soldiers on. Are a lot of people worried that you're going to be leaving EastEnders and be written out now and she's going to die? Well, I, obviously I get letters saying... This doesn't mean you, you, this ain't going to happen to you, you know. You never know, do you? They, you know. oh, I hope not. I mean, I, I, I really... Anyone who knows me knows that I admit to saying I just love... I love EastEnders, and it is so much part of my life. I'm so happy. I cannot tell you how happy I'm doing it. I think God was just... That's why I'm doing Say a Little Prayer. I'm really doing that to say thank you, because uh, I think God just said... Yeah, she's an okay lady. She she still wants to graft, and uh, she doesn't like this continually being uh, the carry-on lady because they show them all the time. And people think you only did them the day before. They don't think you, you know, they were 30 and 40 years old, you know. The amazing thing is you only did eight, didn't you? I know, I Out know. Of what, how many? 40? Out of 30, 30. 31. Yeah, oh, I only did eight. It's just one of those things. And, you know, Sidney James, the wonderful Mr James, before he died, we were walking around a cup of tea, we walking around Victoria, and he suddenly said to me, you know, Windsor, you'll be the lady they remember for the carry-ons. I said, how could you say that? I'd only done seven then. Mm. So I said, oh, I said you, and he was doing a series every week, which was a big, big success called Bless This House with Diana Cooper. So he said, well, and it wasn't like they weren't being shown on television then, the carry-ons. He said, all I know is, when I get into a taxi, they don't ask me how Diana is. They says, Asbar. Oh, you look lovely together. We love you two together. And he says, I just think that you'll be known. I always wonder if he'd have been alive, bless him, what he would say about the fact that they show them on television, cut them up and put them as TV the series, as you know, yeah. the best of all the time. Mm. You know, they've been doing that for about 20 years. Yeah. He died, and they did it about a couple of years after he died. Mm. And I always wondered what he would do, because there's nothing we can do about it, because it's a film contract, you see. Mm. And there's nothing to do. You know, all those videos, you don't yep. get anything for anything. Nothing, 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 nothing. Right. I'm on China, I'm on boxing shorts, mm. I'm on everything. How do you feel about the fact that whatever you do in your career, you'll always be remembered best for that okay. one scene? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You didn't realise when you were doing it, but that's all right. Because 
it's a, a lovely, it's a feel-good factor. It's great, and it's in the top ten of of, in, of the most funniest and famous uh, scenes in the whole of film, you know, the film world. And I think that's lovely, and I I love the carry-ons. I really do. I don't feel. I hope that didn't sound like I was being bitter. I just feel, you know, um, that. There was I trying to play my age, and I never could. I was still getting scripts up until I was 57. Mind you, I played Aladdin when I was 56, and I meant to be a 17-year-old boy. So, but it was hard. It gets harder. When I was 57, I played Adelaide in, in, in uh, Guys and Dolls, and she's meant to be 35, and I was like, yeah. So, uh, and all these young girls behind me in Take Back Your Mink, you know, that wonderful number, Take Back Your Mink. These great long lallies. And it just makes you have to try hard. And as you get older, it's just a bit tough, you know. So it came at the most wonderful time, Peggy, for me, you know. How fresh are those memories of the carry-on days in your life? Oh, home? absolutely. They're, everyone who knows me also say, oh, Wendy's a... She's got this amazing memory. I mean, I can go back and tell, I tell you where I was walking, what, whatever. Mm. You know, yeah. Great memories. Wonderful, 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 superb memories. How do the carry-on days compare with your current EastEnders days? Actually, quite quite similar because it's like another family, and I'd like to think people like working with me. I care about my fellow actors terribly, terribly. They can come to my room. There's always Panadol, you know, condoms, whatever you want. They can always knock on my door and say or tell me anything that upsets them. I love looking after Mike. I love liking your cups of tea and bringing the papers in and and Rossi and and all the rest. I like I like to be like that. I like it to be nice. I like walking on the set and saying hello, darlings. I mean, when my boyfriend left me last year, Scott, and I was devastated. I was absolutely, my partner left me, I was absolutely gone. And I remember I walked onto the set, I walked up onto the square, Albert Square, and I went to work and I just, the tears, and, and Ross looked at me and he went, shit. I thought when you walked in, you just said, oh, hello, everybody. You were so quiet, because I'm not like that, you see. So it's good days, and it's the same, it's the same with the carry-ons. Long hours, long hours. The only thing about the carry-on, it was only six weeks, you know, six weeks once a year or whatever. You said that uh, there was a similar sort of camaraderie amongst the EastEnders cast and the yeah. carry-on cast. Yeah. And yet a lot of people say, oh, you'll never get anything like the atmosphere of the carry-on films and that no. excitement. And yet if you'd have seen the... You, see, you saw the... You know the play was written about me recently yeah. with uh, Sid, about Sid, me and Kenny. If you'd have gone and seen that, you wouldn't have believed there was camaraderie on the... You know, but, but it still came over my character, my central character, was how I looked after Sid, I looked after Kenny and, you know, and all the rest of it. But are you one for sitting back and thinking, oh, things ain't what they used to be, like no. your musical? You no, oh, yeah, great, great musical. That. No, no, it's yeah. good. It's all good. I love it today. It's wonderful. It's like, I wouldn't like to start out again because there's too much talent. They're bloody so clever, the young people. They sing, they dance, they write, they produce, they direct, they do everything. They're great. They're superb. Why do you think you came through when obviously so many others... Shit, were... I don't know. I don't know. I do try hard. I do care. I care very much. But this isn't necessarily a very caring business, apparently. No, so we're I know it's not, but I do. I do. I, I won't have that. I will not have bad atmospheres. I will not have supporting artists be treated like second-class citizens. I don't like any of that. No. It's nice to come and say hello. So I'm gonna, a certain person said to me recently, do you know, I've watched you, and you, 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 you like meeting people. You like knowing what they're doing. And I found myself catching that from you. You know, and I said, well, it's, you know... I'm not saying I miss wonderful all the time, you know. But I, don't, I don't lose my temper, you know, or anything like that.
as you indicated earlier, there's quite a revival in interest in the Carry On series, yeah. and partly because of that play that you mentioned. Do, do you mind the fact that a lot of people are going into their private lives and exposing them and things like that? Well, there you go. I mean, what, what can you do? Uh, no, I mean, I don't want that, and, you know, especially for somebody like Sid's family or Kenny's family or, or whatever, you know. Or, but that's the, name, that's the name of the game, dear. That's, the, that's what happens, isn't there? And, you know, like, for instance, everything's been written about me. And I haven't, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Paul Bennett, who's one of my dearest friends, the Sunday Mirror, he, he, he's, he's seen me in a terrible state, phone and I said, why didn't you tell me that? He said, I didn't know they were going to write that about you. And, and, and uh, walk down the street, you know, hold your head up high. And you do. See, I walk down the street, because you, you, it's so personal to you. They've read these things. You see, everybody's read it. But they, they, they do, and they, they go, oh, it's only paper talk, isn't it, bar? You know, or you look one, you know, and I walk down the street and it's, hello, Windsor, or you got Grant's condoms, or you leave that Frank alone, or, oh, matron. I get all that. It's, you, you should walk down the street, it's just fucking wonderful. I walk down Mount of a nice street, it's just wonderful. So that's quite a tonic in itself, yeah, is it? That's great. Yeah. Well, when I'm not feeling so good, or if, like, I don't like to show it, if there's things not good, I just walk down the street. Great. Because people always know you, or you have this sort of chirpy image, does that put a lot of pressure on you to, you know, when you're out in public, always be happy, even if you are secretly devastated it, it, inside? It, no, it actually brings you out of yourself. You know, I've had a few not nice things happen to me, you know, but you just, no, sure, yeah. you, it's just lovely. It's, do you know what I mean? It's, it makes you forget about it. I mean, when I had all the, the, the bad things with Ronnie and the case and all the rest of it, I got really down, really down when we parted and we was it was over with us and and it uh, you know I I didn't know I just was down 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 and I remember someone phoning me up and they said to me about oh doing a chat and nah, I said I don't want to do anything I don't, I'm fed up with doing anything for everybody else and he said oh my god you do feel sorry for yourself don't you so he said come on I'm going to come and take you out and he took me out and of course he took me off somewhere where there was people who were ill and, and you know what I mean but not not good quality life let's put it like that yeah so you think shit what am I doing you know do a lot of things upset you and if so what I hate um, I hate people being rude and, and not giving time and I just like people to be nice so it sounds a bit crass, doesn't it? But I do, I do. I love people to be nice. Now you've obviously had an incredibly successful career, and yet, as you indicated, your, pri- your personal life has not always been blissful. Is that? No. Um, do you think that's sort of while well, you had the success in your, yeah, in your public life? It's only a, life, so. a small percent. If you take the whole life, it's been fucking wonderful, great. But of course, you've got to have all those ups. You've got. I, had, I wrote, used to sing a song called. Life has its funny little ups and downs, and that's what life's about, isn't it? And God, I'm all right. So you lose people that you love, and you you break up with the man you've lived with for twenty years, and and you you think shit, well, you, you know, and, and you know. But I've got a way. I'm okay. I'm okay. We all wish we had. We could go back with the benefit yes. of what we know now. Yeah. Well, how would you change things in your personal life? Well, when you ask questions like this and you, you think, oh, well, maybe my second marriage wasn't so good. Like, no, but out of everything that happens, you learn something. You know, you do learn something. So I wouldn't say, oh, that terrible flop show I had. I mean, obviously, I, don't want, I wouldn't have wanted the illnesses or anything like that. But I just 
think with the tragedies and, and all those things, they just make you what you are. And I like what I am. I, 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 I like myself. That's important. You know, I walk in my front door and I'm bar. I don't... Look, I walked in on my own, didn't I? I don't have an entourage. Because I don't want all that. I don't want all that. Have you always liked yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I have, actually. Um, my mum said to me, I remember, like, Oh, Ronnie was a bit upset about something. He said, oh, you know, whatever. And he said, you know, you've got to have to get used to Barbara because she's a nice girl and, and, and people like like her. And she likes herself, you know. And she's she's a real good friend to have. And But people will lean on her and they'll want a lot of her. They'll want a bit of her. So you've got to share her. She told Ronnie that. Do you think your popularity as a person is quite scary to men in a way? Yeah. Yes, it is. I... It, my boyfriend, who I'm going out with now, he, I went out with him 20-odd years ago, and he suddenly said to me, came back into my life, and he suddenly walked out the door and he turned back and said, you know, I'd forgotten what you're like. I'd forgotten what you were like. So I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you just make everybody feel so special, don't you? I said, do I? He said, yeah. He said, I'd forgotten how you give... He said, like an autograph. He said, you don't sign. You say, hello, who's it to? And what do you do for a living? And, you know, did you enjoy it? You know, he said, you just make people feel special. And that is it. That's nice. That's, that's not hard. What can you tell us about this new boyfriend of yours? Well, he's just... I call him my special boyfriend. Robert, Robert Dunn. I mean, he's been in a lot in the paper. He's just a special boyfriend, you know. I mean, uh, at the moment, ducking and diving a bit. <laughs> They all laugh at me at work. What do you mean at the moment? Does this mean you don't have great Well, yeah, I do, I do. Yes, I do. I just, because of this, I said to him, look, I'm really going to have to get on with doing this this album, you know, and EastEnders. It's come, of course, what you know is you can't, you can't plan when you've got something like EastEnders in your life. And, of course, what has happened is that I've, uh, I've um, chosen to do this album when it's the heaviest storylines I'll ever have. I mean, every half an hour I get, I'm learning, learning, learning. I mean, I'm in at 6.30 in the morning. Has Robert moved in with you? No, no, no. no. It was the one thing he said, you should be on your own and have people care for you, you know. And I like that. And I've been on my own now for a year, and I love it. I do love it. And if I want someone to be there, I'll pick up the phone. It's good, isn't it, that? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> Hello, it's Miss Windsor here. <laughs> she has a bit flash of it. Will you live with a man again, or will no. you get married again? No. Why no. not? I don't want. I don't want to. I've had two marriages and one long-time partnership, which I, I thought I'd marry Scott. But uh, no, I don't want to anymore. Do I? No, I'm really happy because it's there. The geezers are there if I want them. You know, I don't mean that flashly. You know, they're there and. You know, I have actually. It's a bit good at the moment, isn't it, darling? Does Robert want to marry you? I don't know, darling. Oh, I don't know. Valentine's Day in a couple of weeks. I don't know, really. But if he asks you to marry him, the answer's no for the rest of your life. You're going to stay single. Well, I don't. I think he knows that you you don't have to get married. I mean, 61. Shit, I don't need to get married, do I? Do I? You're you're a good investment, aren't you? I thought. Well, I suppose so. No, nothing like that. No, you've seen me. I've got a million pound debt. Fuck it. They want to, you know. If I would, if you're with someone, you share. You know, I'll always be like that. I'll never be any different. I was talking to Joe Longthorn last night. It's all the same, same as me. We're the same. I don't think anyone actually believes you've got a one million pound debt, though. Oh, I have. You have. Oh yeah. Right. Paul, have I not got a million pound debt? Hello. What darling. have you spent it all on? 
I went into a business with my second husband. Oh, I, right. I financed it. And it was a great success. And, and then our marriage broke down. It kind of went, and I have to pay for it. That's, mm. You know, I put my name to it. I could have gone bankrupt, but I won't do that. How much of a stress to you is that? That's a bit of a stress. Yeah, I'd like to feel that all the money I get in... Are you busy stacking it up against that debt now? Are you trying to pay it off? Oh, yeah, I have to pay it every week. Right. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't be long in these tenders. Um, I've, got, I've got another two years. What, a contract or, or no. debt to pay off? Yeah. yeah. I think I've got mortgages and things like that. What will you do when you've paid it off? What will be the... Well, I don't know. No, get, get into debt again. Blow me money. I'll say, oh, no. I mean, I've just had all my, hu- uh, my house done, which was fab. That was, you know, that was great. So, um, no, I just... I've never been good with money. I've never been good. But you must have always had the confidence of knowing you will always get lots of work, because everybody... Well, I've always... Yeah, and people don't think that, but I've always had that confidence, because I always just say... I've always said, well, I can always go and sing... You know what I mean? But then, or go back into musical. I mean, I get offered Christmas shows every year, you know, for a lot of money. I, I, I earn a good living for my Christmas shows, you know, pantomimes and summer shows, things like that. Really a good living. I like, because that's performing to the public. Yeah. On, on my, that, that, that documentary they did about me recently, The Best of British, it rather upset me. I didn't have any input of the commentary. As they said, at one point in her career... She wasn't up there, so she was. She had to resort to doing summer shows yeah. and pantomime, as if they were not great. Mm. I started the great big theatres, like I'd come out twice a day to three thousand people. You know, lovely summer shows. So there you go, mm-hmm. and I enjoy that because that's Joe Public. That's you come out and you see your public. Do you go in for nostalgia much? Do you ever sit at home and play the old records and play the old movies? I and do. Things? Oh, no, no, not the old movies, not the carry-on movies. I, I love to switch on and see an old Betty Grable, Dolly Sisters. In fact, it's one of the reasons I'm singing You'll Never Know because of Betty Grable. I saw Alice Faye do it and I saw Betty Grable do it. It's a great song. I love those kind of movies. I love, yeah, not particularly my own movies, no. Have you ever felt comfortable watching yourself on screen? Have you always... No, no. No, not comfortable watching. Why, why well, I think it's then? because you're very hard on yourself, and you you just look at yourself. You, I used to hate rushes. It was Sid who made me go to rushes. I said, "Why don't you go to rushes?" I said, "No, no, 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 no." He said, "No, but you do." He said, "People just don't look at you. They look at unless you've just got the one scene on your own." There was a one carry on called Carry On Girls, and I was playing once again, fifteen years younger than myself, a beauty queen, and they got couple of real beauty queens in and everyone was much younger than me and I was really pissed off about it and, and, and Sid said you know why aren't you coming to your house? I said oh, I'm not going there I mean a bloody swimming costume all those fabulous looking birds he said no I'm going to make you come in and he made me go in and he said look he said look at the personality it's personality you stand there and we all think you're a beauty queen so you know it was I played Miss Easy Rider in that <laughs> camp did you get a lot of abuse from women when you played no. those sort of roles? No, and I thought that I'd, I'd get it from when that, the women's, you know... Yeah, the straight women. Yeah, all those. Yeah. I thought, no, they loved it. And I, and I really thought when I first met all the, the, um, the alternative ladies, like the Dawns at, you know, Dawns at the time, and, and, and they'd say, oh, Christ, you know, demeaning women, but they didn't, they loved it. They said, you paved the way for us, you know. No, no, because... You go down in any bar, you used to see more, more barmaids look like me than me, yeah. with the tits and all this, going, oh, no, da, 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 da. So, no, no, I've never had a bad time. Which was your favourite carry-on film and why? Mm-hmm. why? I love it. 
because it was the first time I actually really worked opposite Sid James. I did camping, you know, me and Sandra yeah, waved to mm. Sid and Bernie going, oh, Sid, oh, Bernie. But I didn't actually do much with him. And then they put me in opposite him as, what was it, the Duchess of Bristol, Tina, and I worked with him. And I love period stuff. I love the... Co- we had some of the costumes for Man of a Thousand Days. So it was lovely. And I remember our first day, we had to learn a gavotte. Like, typical carry-on. A bit like Easter. It's all done in a hurry. You know, they had this wonderful choreographer come in, Ken Russell's choreographer, Terry Gilpin, came in, went da-da-da-da-da-da, I mean, he said da-da-da-da-da. They grew a big over one shot, you know, big main shot. And then, then they come in for, you know, close-up. They did this great me and Sid. Now, I'd never worked that closely with Sid. And uh, we, we learned it, and we did it in one day. And he looked at me, and he, and he said, God, I, you, you dance? I said, yeah, and you dance. I said, when I was 16, I came and saw you at Guys and Dolls. He played Nathan Detroit. Wonderful on stage. Wonderful singer-dancer he was, Sid. See, people didn't know that about him. And uh, so that was great. So we did that. So the ego was, you know... Got all in one take, you know. Do you keep thing. in touch with his family or Kenneth Williams' no. family? No, no, no. I did with Kenny. I did with Kenny because I was very friendly with his, his sister and his mom. You know, no, no. You'll find most of the carry-on people would do their job and go home, and that'd be the end of it. You know. And also, you have to think I needed eight, didn't I? So. How do you feel that you're part of Brit- that someone called you a British institution? Isn't that Is wonderful? That- I love it. I'm as popular as the Queen Mother. Isn't that wonderful? What a compliment. Isn't that the most wonderful thing to say? Isn't that wonderful? Do you think of yourself as a British institution? Well, I'm very... I love Britain. I love London with a passion. I love the British people. I love... I love where I come from. I love that working class. Yeah, yeah, it's just great people. I mean, the people say, oh, London is... It's so, it's not warm. It's not warm, but it, 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 it is, it is. But you've got, it's, a bit, it's lovely and cosmopolitan, I love that now. Yeah, and it's lovely to be called the British Institute. I think that's wonderful, don't you? Have some people over the years thought that you put on this accent, that it's not real? What accent? <laughs> my, my London or Cockney? The Cockney, the London. Well, I'm not all that Cockney, actually. <clears throat> See, I had, a, my mother was a, a very strict... My father were very strict. And um, the one thing they instilled in me was that uh, no think and thought and 33. Like the way they talk on EastEnders, mm. I think, I think. You never hear me say that. I never say I ain't. Mm. You never hear Peggy say that. I never say I think, I thought. So uh, I don't think I have got... I've got a London accent. I don't have a Cotton accent. But uh, and as I say, my mother sent me for elocution lessons. Because <sighs> your mother... Like, presumably, quite a few people thought you wouldn't get on if you spoke like you do. No, he wasn't supposed to speak like me. Right. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 this was not Vogue to speak like, mm. speak London. I mean, I, I used to go for auditions, and I would be behind a great long queue, and the song, more or less of the, the time, would always be... They would sing, I heard a robin singing, all that, you see. And the queue would get... Shorter and shorter and shorter, and I get nearer and nearer and nearer. For instance, the Palace Theatre audition when I was 14 mm. at school, you know, there was all these kids I was going after a job that you had to be 15 but look 10, which I did. I wasn't 15, but I thought by the time the show starts, um, I, I, I will be 15. And as I say, there was this great round the Palace Theatre where Les Miserables is, this great mm. long queue all the way around, and it could get less, and there's all these school kids. And, uh, 
it got further da, 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 to me, and then I walked out on stage. And I very rarely got onto the stage because I was short and fat, short, straight hair, fat now, you know, this kind of little swagger rather than the pretty blue-eyed blonde, you know. Anyway, this particular time I walked out and I put my music down and I had this routine. Grab your coat and get your head, leave your worries on the door, so it's on this other street. And I had an action, I taught myself an action for every word, like, grab your coat and get your head, leave your worries on the door, so, and all that. And when, they let me get through the whole song, which was very rare. And, they, and it was Americans, and they said, uh, oh my God, how refreshing. They said, who taught you your routine? I said, I did. They said, very good. They said, now, uh, can you talk with an American accent? I said, oh yeah. I did, I did a bit of American, and, and let's see how you can dance, and I danced that. And I went into that show as a well, mm. and they said, you've got to be And I said, well, the time the show opens, I'll be 15. I went into that show as a 15-year-old schoolgirl. Uh, about 18 months into I played a little girl, a little orphan. And I came, and 18 months into the show, they came round. I was about 16 and a half. They came around with this great lump of elastic, because I wasn't growing that way, but I was mm. growing out this way. I had to put this elastic mm. on my boobs, you know. And then, uh, but I went in as this young girl. You know, in school uniform, and I came out teaching on high heels about 38-inch bust about three years later. But, of course, it was the most wonderful training because I was in a top West End show. We toured, we went into the West End, we ran for two and a half years, called Love from Judy, and it was by a top management, Emil Littler, a very strict, you know, and uh, it was good. It was great training for me. I learned the business. I learned mm. it. Mind you, I came out thinking I'd, I was Miss Showbiz, and mm. then I was faced with reality. The only time I was out of work. Because everybody always sees that image of you in a bikini and with a fantastic figure, and everything. Mm. has that always been a pressure on you to look amazing and no, work out? No, and so I, 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 no, I, don't, I never work out. Never do any of that. I mean, I, I admire the Joan Collins of the world who, who do that and who, who look immaculate and the makeup and the hair is always perfect. I don't. I run around, screw the hair back put a hat on and things like that. No, it's all too much a show business. So that's the only thing. I, my mother came to stay with me once. This was after, you know, this was when I was, you know, really up there and famous and the films were a big success and all that. And she came and stayed with me. This is just to sum up what I'm like, you know. And when she left, she was with me about four days, and I said, oh, Mum, it's really been nice having you. I said, hope you come and come again. She said, no, no, I certainly won't. She don't think I've enjoyed being here. So I said... So she, well, she said, you're meant to be a film star. You stand at the front door in a dressing gown with your hair screw back in an elastic band, talking to your milkman. Then if that's not, then your postman. She said, oh, no. She, I said, well, she, she thought I'd be laying on a counter. She said, glamour, I don't want all the glamour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, and if you look at my image on, it's always just a bit of fun, isn't it, darling? It's a fun, sexy image, you know. Do you still get saucy fan mail from oh, lusting God. males? Are you kidding? Do I? You would, you'd laugh you saw my mail. So, you know. Have the I, same men been rising to you since you were a young starlet? I get loads of letters. Not, I don't know if they're the same people, but I get loads of very sexy, uh, horny letters. Mm. People love my feet because I only take one and a half shoes. Mm. And uh, I get lots of kinky letters about that. What's the most outrageously kinky letter you've had over the years? Well, I it, 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 it's usually that they want a picture with you with nothing on, but just with a very high pair of heels. You said that a lot of men asking you, you know, if you've got a naked picture, is it, have you ever done naked pictures? That's something you've always... No, let me tell you about that. Penthouse, the very first time they were going to, you know, they came onto the scene after Playboy, right? They phoned up, mate. They wanted me. They said, 
thing about Barbara Windsor is she plays this sexy little lady, but we've never seen her in a sexy pose. They're always funny. Yeah. You know, she's like, ah, ah, ah. They said, we want to do this stunning picture. They want to stick her in a... Funny enough, and, it, and Sylvia Crystal did it, <laughs> not the picture. But you know um, that big chair, Emmanuel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they wanted to stick me in a lovely big chair like that with lots of shame, I said. Ronnie Knight wouldn't let me do it. Oh. Yeah. Would you like to have done it? Would yeah, you, I, mean, I wish, because then you look at the body and think, shit, that's how I look. I have to look yeah. at the body now and think, oh, my God. Oh, Wednesday. No, it's all right. It's OK, the body. Mm. But, you know, but it's, it's, it's the ego, isn't it, dear? Do you know mm. what I mean? You'd like to look at your body, look back and say, shit, you see? That's how I look, dear. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. How much of a help to your career has it been being blonde, do you think? I, I don't know. I, I always have been blonde. My whole family are blonde. You know what I mean? My, it's on my father's side who I take after. My mother was, was deep red. I don't know. I think it was great. For that time, that period I came into the business, it was the in thing to be blonde. Sometimes it doesn't work regarding the frivolousness. They think of you like... Is, is it a great feeling to know that so much of your life is already on celluloid forever? And it'll yeah, live I love for... it. And you know it made me realise that? I didn't realise that. Because you, you've got this fantastic new image in the last few months. Or yeah, the new hairstyle, the yeah. new wig I put on, you know. That's oh, been a, a great hit, hasn't it, really? I know. I know. Do you yeah. know what happened? It was when my partner left me. You feel very unattractive. A lot of people go and get a new hairstyle, don't they? But I haven't got that versatile hair that you could do, you know. I've mm. got, you know, look at it, it's fine. It's hair. So, but I saw this wig with this new look. And I thought, should I get... No, 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 no. And I, I forgot all about it, and I went along that old dreary look. And then I suddenly looked in the mirror one day, and I thought, shit, you're looking more like Peggy. This is wrong. And then I was asked to do a thing in the OK magazine. And I said to the, I said to the girl, can we try a new hairstyle? You know, like, coming to, you know. And she said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And I showed her this wig that I'd seen in the shop. So we got that, and we got another one. And we did the shoot, and then... I don't know, there was one night I was invited to a breast cancer do. And I rushed home from work and my hair was in a state and I didn't have my usual wigs combed out or anything. And suddenly there was this wig and I had a tuxedo, a man, man's suit on. I stuck that on and I stuck this short wig. Mm. And I arrived and Jesus, everybody went bananas. So there you go and it's good and I really do feel totally different from them. Um, Peggy now, which is good. You know, I, was, I think I was getting a bit too comfortable with her. Are you going to be like Madonna now and change her image every six months? Oh, no, God, look at her though. Look at the, look at the ammunition she's got. Madonna, it's fucking great. Mm. No, no, I'm. There's not, not I can, a lot I can do with myself. I'm four foot ten and a half, and mm. you know, and I lost a lot of weight, which was good. I lost quite a few pounds, but it's nothing like unhappy love life, isn't mm. it? You know. Are you going to always be glamorous? Well, I'm not because of Peggy, am I, darling? I mean, I, I'm not really. I mean, she's not very. Well, I suppose she's a bit glamorous, you know. Mm. She's tossed herself up a little bit. That's Frank. He makes her feel good. She's either having sex. Nothing like that sex, see, mm. isn't it? It's the sex. But in real life, I love being glamorous going out. I love it. Mm. And I... Um, but that's because, as I say, I walk in the front door and I'm Bar. I'm Barbara Andiques, my real name. And I, I love just being Bar. But do you think in decades to come, several decades to come, you're going to give in to old age or advancing years? Yeah, but I do. I've had no face done. I don't work out. So, you know, and if I go out, I like to look nice. Mm. 
I don't say I wouldn't have cosmetic surgery. I don't know. But at the moment, what, what I play my age now. That's that's great. See, on screen, I play my age. And when people see me in real life, they'll just like say, oh, God, what do they do to you on Peggy? You know, you don't look as old as that. I'm lucky because it's in the genes. All my family look very young. How do you feel when people say EastEnders has revived your career? Do you think that's unfair? Well, I understand that because I wasn't on the box. You know what I mean? And I do understand that, that why people say that. But having said that, that's okay. I mean, I can't go around with a placard saying, yes, I always worked. <laughs> Even though, but then I've never done a lot of television, you see. And I was, I was never comfortable with television. I'm amazed how. Who's been the most thrilling person you've met over the years? I could be Flash, so Warren Beatty, which I've met Warren. He used to come on Broadway. Did he used to come and see the show. Yeah, 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 I wrote about it in the book. Nice. I was terrified, I thought. God, you can't have it off with Warren Beatty. You just can't. It's just so wonderful, you know. Uh, I met Paul Newman, which he, that was an amazing experience. Just this, what this what, man just looks at you, and those blue eyes. I mean, Jesus, mother, wow. That, that's great. I mean, I, I enjoyed my days on my months on Broadway. I, that was the most amazing, amazing time of my life. I don't know. I who haven't I you met that you'd like to have met? Jack Lemmon. Great jazz pianist. It's my great... And I went to see him in a play, he came to London. And only afterwards I found out that the guy who did the wigs and the show did Jack Lemmon's, you know, like, did his makeup and hair and that here. And, uh, and when I said, shit, I would have given anything, he said, ah, he said, you fool. He was such a great man. Mm. He said, you, and he's a great jazz pianist, you know. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Oh! See him on Parkinson play jazz? To me, Mr. Talent. Like Cagney. They could do everything. Sing that. No sweat about it either. Would you like to have done more in the way of serious roles? Well, I have done a lot, but not on telly. But do you think, because you're known so much for the comedy roles, that it sort of undermines your own talents in a way? Well... They don't give you a chance. Mm. They, you know, the, the, People pigeonhole you, don't they? Well, they did, yeah. they did. And I, I went for the most marvellous job once, and I knew I could do it. I just knew I could do it. It was a television, it was to play a mother of a 22-year-old gangster. And I was 48, and the night before I went for the interview, there was some strike or something, and they stuck on a compilation of carry-ons. Mm. And I walked in, and the director just said... No, he said, you, you, you just, everyone will think of that lady. So, you know, and, and I, I, I didn't even get a chance to read. Do you know what I mean for it? And he also said, you're incredibly young looking. So I said, well, I'm 48. He said, you look 35. And I said, but I'm 48 and I could be the mother of this gangster. Of course I could. It's like those two boys, mm-hmm. Ross and Steve. When I stand next to him, I look like their sister. But, you know, once I get on there, I, 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 I've, I've done certain things like I walk. You know, it's how you use your body. I don't walk. Everyone thought I'd walk on that set with tits all going ding, 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 and the arse going ding. Well, you don't do that, do you? Would you like to live to be very, very old? I don't know. Do you know, when you're young, you do. You think, I want to live forever. But as you go, as long as I'm healthy, I don't want to have any of those aches and pains. You know? I just because I don't like I don't moan I don't moan I don't want to be one of those mm. oh I've got this oh mm. this ache that I know a couple of times I've had a few aches and pains but shit mm. yeah. do you go to great lengths to look after yourself no, and, uh, no. anyone will tell you look, yeah. look at me I haven't eaten today properly yeah. shock and I have a, an aspirin junior aspirin in the morning because I had a bit of a a funny turn in hospital a few years ago mm-hmm. so 
I think. And you know where that was? I had a hysterectomy. I laid in hospital and the adrenaline had nowhere to go. So it stuck all the blood pressure up and the heart had a little, <laughs> little funny moment. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. How do your feelings on not having become a mother change as you get older? My, no, well, what I'd like... I'd like a, a boy of about 14, 15 to go to the pop concerts and to go to football with. Because when I do go to pop concerts, I often think they think, oh, what's she doing here? You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I love pop concerts. And uh, I love football. I like going to see football, you know. But, but I think you've got to have someone to go with, you know what I mean? Mm. I think a nice young man, there's a good excuse to go with them. But you've always gone out with nice young men. Yeah, I have. I've only had two young men. Right. About three young men in my right. life. You know, well, I mean... Well, do you think you'll always go for the younger man? No, though? I mean, Robert's, Robert's 54. Right. Which is quite old for me, isn't it? And uh, I know, only three men in my life have been younger than me, which is one of those things. I married one, I had a partner for one, and one as a boyfriend, you know. Mm. But has terminating pregnancies been a great regret to you? Well, maybe the last one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just... It, at the time, it was not the right time. It was... In, I, was in an, I lived in... It was in an era where it wasn't like it was now, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um... It was a, a bad thing, dear, to uh, to get pregnant and not be married and things like that. You know, there was that that time. And then with Ronnie, I was in, I remember one time I, I'd signed a contract for a West End show, and you know, so I uh, no, I don't have any regrets. You know, I, I think it's a hard world today. Maybe it's always hard. Who know, I don't know. Is it? But with AIDS and all that, you know, and and I think there's a lot of pressure on young people today. It's all geared to them, isn't it? See, I, I, I'm of that era where the grown-ups, they were the ones that you listened to and everything, but, you know, you did what you told. It's, it's different. It's different now. You go in shops. It's, uh, kids got to have the best of everything, haven't they? You never hear someone say, I want a pair of trainers. I want a pair of, be it Nike or whatever. Mm. You know, I, I feel sorry for parents today. I think it's hard for them. Singer-songwriters often refer to their hit songs as like their children. Do you look at your hit movies as being like your I children? Or? No, no, not at all. I don't ever think of anything being like my children. Mm. You know what I mean? But I feel like a mother now. I mean, I went into EastEnders. I became a mother, a grandmother, a godmother. I'd never picked a baby up until I went into EastEnders, you know? Isn't that a terrible thing to say? I know, that's bizarre. It's bizarre. Why is that? Why had you never picked Maybe I don't have any maternal... But my family say that as a young kid, if ever a new baby came into the family, you'd never see Barbara. Yeah. So how do you make that out? I don't know. Well, well how do you interpret it? I don't know. I, I, I was an only child. My mother and father went to work, which was very rare. Mm-hmm. Very rare, not being an only child. And which of your work would you most like to be remembered most fondly? Apart from this album. No, you never know. It might not be much cop. You know, I might have put my hands up and think, oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. I never think of being known for my work. I just think of people think she was all right, she was OK, that lady. You know, she was, she was a good bird to know. That's what I'm more concerned about, how people think about. How have I been OK? I don't think I've ever done knowingly hurt anybody or been unkind. I'm sure I have, especially if it's some... Geezer was madly in love with you and you give him the elbow. I mean, that, that's terrible for someone, isn't it? No, I don't know. I just, I'd like to be remembered for EastEnders, carry on, things ain't what they used to be. Sparrows can't sing. Um, have you got many ambitions left? No. Don't have any ambitions left. <laughs>
I just pay my debt off. And uh, that's not really an ambition, is it? No, I just uh, to still get out there and, and do it well, you know. That's, that's all. That's all I care about. I'm Peter Robertson. If you'd like to comment on this or any of my other interviews in the PJ archive, you can find me on Twitter at PeterJonathanR2. It would be good to hear from you or have you follow me.